trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort. And indeed, welcome to Topical Resort. I don't have any sort of flashy intros today, but we're going to be continuing right off where last episode ended. Because we were talking about the PSP, you know, pretty good. I say pretty good, but I really like it. One of my favourite personal handhelds of all time, and obviously it's from the 7th gen. So, we're going to be continuing right where we left off with the other 7th gen handheld. This wasn't originally the plan, but um, due to a Hidden Palace invasion, which happened on Wednesday, um, I didn't have the time to write the episode that I was actually planning to write, which would have been really good tonight, but... Um, it was just sort of trying to figure out how to get it to work, but I think this is perfect because, you know, we still got the topic of handhelds right fresh on the mind. And plus we were going to do this at some point anyway, so why not do the DS now? So, I guess, why don't we start off with a little bit of music? So, this is the title theme from Sonic Rush Adventure, aka A New Venture, right here on Topical Resort. Akachan wa doko kara kuru no Akachan wa doko kara kuru no Akachan wa Woohoo! 
And welcome back to the topical resort. What you just heard there was from the Rub Rabbits. Um, Radio DJ's playing up, so I can't see the full name. Come on. Come on. No, okay. You're just not going to play nice? That's cool. I'm now going to have to search for it. The Rub Rabbit. Uh, yeah, it's a very provocative name, but uh, it comes from, you know. Okay, here we go. We got the full name now. Um, oh, God. Um, Akachan wa doku kara kuru no. I'm going to guess. Uh, I mean, obviously it's in the song, but I can't pronounce words to save my life. But before that was from Sonic Rush Adventure, and that was New Venture, the title theme, a very funky track. And it is also a nice summertime track. So, uh, that, I mean, that's a good way to start off the show. Um, I'm very light on the note side today, I have noticed. But um, the Nintendo DS is a console. Yes, it is. But um, it was released in 2005, and it was what many people would consider to be the um, the point in time when Nintendo sort of regra- regained their sort of hold over the industry, if that makes sense. Um, Jamie's now throwing me off because he's posted a message in the chat where he tagged me, but... Um, yeah, Nintendo for a while was doing quite poorly because a poor choice to use cartridges on the N64 and the GameCube being a lot more kid-friendly and even after, you know, bringing stuff like Resident Evil exclusive games over, they just couldn't convince people to come over. So, like, for a while they were struggling and then the DS came out and the DS was just such a huge hit in every single market, every single demographic just loving the thing. I think it was when many people would start to consider that Nintendo's dominance over the industry had come back. But uh, obviously the Wii continued that dominance and then they fell again with the Wii U. The 3DS was pretty good, but we'll get into that another day. And then it seems like they brought it back again with the Switch. So they're just going up and down, up and down at the moment. But my own personal experience with the DS I want to talk about a bit. So um, the DS was technically my first console, I think about it. I did play the Sega Master System first. But, like, DS was the first modern console I had that was, like, with the times, because, like, I played the Master System, absolutely loved it, you know, that's where my heart is, but the DS was, like, the first first console that I got, like, new and stuff as a kid, and it was the hype, and that DS is, if you've seen the picture on Twitter, that is the white DS, and that is why it's covered in some random Mario Kart stickers and a scratched as hell screen. Eventually I upgraded to the DSi, which I really thoroughly enjoyed. I actually preferred that one. I like the nice clicky buttons on that over the, like, sort of spongy buttons on the original DS. But I had a very fun time, you know, playing some of the Sega exclusives, playing some of the Nintendo exclusives. Uh, Favourite games, Sonic Rush, Sonic Colors, Kirby Superstar Ultra, that was a good one. Yeah, just had a lot of fun experiences and then eventually jumped over to the 3DS, but that's another topic. So, let's see. Um... In, uh, we were talking about in the chat earlier, is there ever a good time not to hear tape? Uh, I'm not even going to pronounce it, but is there ever a bad time to hear? Okay, right, somebody please tell me how to pronounce it, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but is there ever a bad time to hear Rub Rabbits or any Sega track or just anything? No? Okay. But uh, Twenty says, at funerals, when natural disasters happen, that's a couple of reasons. Uh, yeah, you probably wouldn't want to be listening to the Rub Rabbits soundtrack at a funeral. I mean,. It could be pretty awkward for the family members. And uh, Jamie tells me, just pronounce, just say where the, ba- where the babies come from, it's the English name. No, you pervert. Uh, Jamie says, I have a white DS also. I used to have a green one, but it broke. Not pictured in the image that I posted on Twitter is a blue DS, which is the one, I, the one that I use the most, because before I got a GBA, I used that thing as my GBA. Uh, except it's gone missing before the show started, so um, that's not pictured. I do technically have four DSs. 
did have a bit of experience with the original first one, but mainly the light was where I stuck. But I think I'm actually just going to get back into some more music. So, um, one of my favourite games from two, well, 2008 had some great games. One of my favourite games from that year was uh, Sega Superstars Tennis. Now, I don't have too much experience with the uh, DS version, and there's no separate soundtrack as far as I can see for the DS version. So I've decided to play some from the console version. So, from Sega Superstars Tennis, this is Main Menu 1, right here on Radio Sega.
Up next, Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Hasty History Turn that down. Sorry, I'm really not with it today, but um, that should have come through louder, but it didn't. So, uh, in case you couldn't hear it, let's try that again. Hasty history. Or you could just be very quiet. That's completely cool. Yeah, so that, this is the segment is called Hasty History. And what we do is basically we go through the history of something or multiple things relating to the topic of the episode. So, obviously, since the topic of the episode is the DS, we will be going through the history of Nintendo's handheld. So... Why don't we get started? Uh, the DS was released on November 1st, 2004 in the US. I don't have any of the other decks written down because there were quite a few. Uh, the system was revolutionary for its two-screen setup, with one being used as a touchscreen. Um, I mean, it is... Like, can you name anything pretty much like the DS? I mean, no concept before it had really done something similar, although... Somebody... I know somebody's going to probably like, try and argue like the Game & Watch or something, because that had like, a two-screen setup. That's true, but like nothing about like, the functionality and the power and also the touchscreens. Like the DS did, it was just out of its world. It definitely did change the way the uh, industry went, because obviously other devices started using touchscreens and high-quality screens and two of them and stuff like that, you know. Um, there were four different models of the DS released. The DS, the DS Lite, the DSi, and the DSi XL. The console suffered heavy piracy, which put developers off making games for the console, even though the PSP suffered the same problem. Um, I saw an example of this on the Wikipedia page. It was like, in South Korea, 500,000 DSs had sold, but during like one year, only 100,000 games had sold. It's like 400,000 consoles and more games. Like, you can wonder what that happened. Uh, Jamie says a, port- a portable console by Tigers Electronics had a touchscreen. It was the game.com. But let's be honest, um, how good was the game.com? Exactly. It, it sucks. Yeah, it, it is notable for having Sonic Jam on it, though, so um, it does somewhat relate to Sega, so we'll go with that. Um, it was the first Nintendo console to have a real online platform, and I say real because consoles before this have had online. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was ever implemented, but um, the the Famicom in Japan was going to have some sort of online. I don't think it had online multiplayer, but it did certainly have like some form of modem connectivity. I know the first Nintendo console that actually, oh no, I, the first one I know of is the Super the Super Famicom with the Satellaview add-on, which allowed some exclusive games like F Zero Two and stuff that never got released. Very cool. Uh, yeah, no, the GameCube also had an online setup that was done through broadband, but this was the first one with like, a real infrastructure, like a real online system rather than peer-to-peer sort of stuff. Um, the DS is the second best-selling console of all time, only being beaten out by the PlayStation 2. Boo! Boo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jamie will be happy that the PS2 outsold it, but who knows. And uh, finally, the last game was created in 2015, with that being Big Hero 6 Battle in the Bay. Um, the last created game was originally like Spongebob Plankton's Robotic Revenge, and I remember that because it came out in 2014, and I almost bought it just for the sake of it being the last DS game, and then Disney come along and go, nope, Big Hero 6, and uh, that's the last one, and I don't think anybody is quite frankly insane enough to make any more. 
Um, let's see what you guys have been saying. James says it's the Gamecom, not Game.com. It, it has a .com in the name, that's why I call it the, the Game.com. But, um, let's see what we got here. Mumbo King says, not really a touch of screen, but what about the Sega Pico that had two pen areas? It's very true, I, I actually wanted to do an episode on Sega Pico as well, just because I find it like an interesting piece of forgotten history. And it was notable having a touch screen, because you could touch like the books and stuff and interact with the games using the pen. I'll look further into that, but yeah, I definitely probably would say that was a um, touch screen console. I will go with you on that one. Uh, Jamie is cheering over the PS2. Twenty is mourning over the death of the PS2. Scary Red says the Nomad was supposed to have a touchscreen. Um, a lot of consoles were supposed to have a touchscreen from what I know of, including Nintendo stuff, but they were just scrapped because they weren't very effective. For example, I know the GBA SP was supposed to have a uh, ad it was supposed to have a touchscreen add-on because reasons. Because you know, original GBA games didn't use touchscreen, but they were just like. We need a touchscreen for the GBA SP for no reason, so the games don't work with the old one, because logic. Anyway, I think that's the end of the segment, and um, as we were already previously told by our lovely announcer, it is time for the Request Resort. And what is the Request Resort? That is a good question. The Request Resort is where you can request some music relating to the topic of the episode. I know, right, it's a scary concept. So, um, there is a list currently on the uh, Radio Sega website, which will tell you the games that you can request from, or if not, um, I will quickly screenshot them. Where is my screenshot tools? Here they are. Come on, you don't want to go fast now, do you? Come on. Come on. Slowly. That'll do. So below in the Discord is all of the um, songs you, or oh, sorry, all the games you can request from. You can pick any of those songs. Currently, we already have in one request from Jamie, Mr. Wonderman himself. And if you guys don't stick one in there, I might stick one in there because I actually forgot to write it on the list. Because um, it, uh, from what I've seen, it like sort of was a Sega game. And I say sort of because yeah, Jamie says I'm missing some. I know, but I couldn't find the soundtracks for them. That's why they're the only games that they're on there. Um, so we don't like that. Yeah, if anybody doesn't have any objections, I'm going to request something that I didn't put on the list, because it is technically a Sega game, because it has Sega on the box, so I'm counting it, okay? That's why. Okay, so we got in some more requests from Mr. Social. Um, we will st which one will we stick in there? Like, which one of these three? Um... We haven't had one from this game, so I'm gonna go with that one. Um, that seems to work. Um, that one there, yep. And I will stick in one of my own. And I've actually played this on the show before. I played it in the first episode. But if you're listening to the podcast, and hi if you are, by the way, uh, you won't have heard this because I didn't record the first episode. So instead, you will just be getting a lovely first play of this if you're listening through there, or otherwise you'll be sick of death. You'll be sick to death of hearing me play this. Sarah Rose says, "What about World Destruction? If you can find me the soundtrack, I will definitely add it to the list for you." 
And so it's like that with a lot of games. I could include them on the list, but I don't have the soundtrack to them, and that's the only reason why they're on the list. So it's really rather pointless at the end of the day. Also, apologies if I'm a bit like off the ball um, it, during this show today. Um, I haven't been in the best place again today, so it's sort of trying to recover while doing a show, and that means I'm all over the place. Um. Should that be alright for requests? I feel like we've got enough in. Um, let me just... Is that the version I've already played? Um, that's similar to the version i played, so I'm gonna n not count that one. I'm sorry, Mumboking, but... I just say that because I don't want, the, don't want it to become repetitive with playing like the same songs, even though they're like, different mixes, so... um. If anybody has any requests they want to get in during the segment, I guess go right for it. But for now, I'm going to start. So, uh, as a as requested by Jamie, Mr. Wonderman from Sonic's class from Sonic Classics Collection, here is Ice Cap Zone Act One because apparently this sounds different to the Genesis version, Mega Drive version. So we're going to listen to that instead. So enjoy, I guess.
Ah, just what I needed. A song called Relaxing Resort, because what I need to do right now is relax, because everything's just spiralled out of control. So what you just heard there was from Sonic Rush Adventure. That was Sky Babylon, Act 1 and 2 mix, as requested by Twenty, aka Mr. Social. Uh, he mentioned in the chat that it's his favourite theme from Sonic Rush Adventure, and I would wholeheartedly agree with that, because I really uh, don't have much of an opinion on that soundtrack, honestly. It's... Uh, I... It's fairly forgettable, I don't even have the words to describe it, really. It's such a disappointment coming out of Rush. But the main theme and uh, Sky Babylon are very good. Um, aside from that, not really much of an opinion on it. Uh, before that, from My My, although originally from my post-it in the chat, I'm going to need to find the name of the game. From My My, but originally from Unsai Kanjo Soku Taeki. Kokoroskan, that was the main theme of the game, Kokoroskan, where I uh, rather stupidly played the act, the in-game version, which is only a minute long, when I should have played the full version, which is almost about five or six minutes long. Ah, silly me. Indeed. Before that, from Puyo Pop Fever, that was... Come on, Radio DJ, not now. Oh, software... <laughs> I'm going to have to look this up. That was Everybody Battle Puyo Puyo Until Morning, as requested by Twenty again. And before that, from Sonic Classics Cle- Sonic Classic Collection, I believe Jamie has uh, labelled it wrong. That was Ice Cap Zone Act 1, because apparently it sounds different according to him. And uh, Jamie's complaining that I called it Puyo Pop in the chat. I agree, Puyo Pop is a horrible name. Puyo Puyo is a much better name. So uh, now's the part of the show where we ramble on about nothing. Wow, that sounds like the rest of the show, I know, right? But um, we go through the list of games that were eligible for the Request Resort, and I talk about my opinions on them and whether you should play them, or whether I've never played them, <coughs> most of them. But we just get a general opinion on Sega's lineup as a whole. So why don't we start off with Seventh Dragon, a game that I've never played. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I, as I said in the last episode where some Seventh Dragon stuff came up, I always do hear great stuff about the Seventh Dragon games as well as the soundtracks. So, if you're an RPG fan or if you're just a, a hardcore Sega fan, I'd recommend at least taking a look into them, even if you don't like complete them or anything, because it's probably worth your time. I I do mean to keep looking into them. I will probably load it up on a flashcard before, or just to see if I'd like it before I buy it. After that, it's Infinite Space, another game I've never played. Um, we were we were talking in the chat earlier about how it looks like a GBA. Oh, sorry, how it sounds like a GBA game, and I would agree. It just sounds like a GBA soundtrack, like so last gen, but it didn't sound the best. But the music itself was good. Just the sound quality could have been a bit improved. Marion Sonic at the Olympic Games. This was one of my first DS games, and um, I always obviously enjoyed the Wii version more. But uh, this was an okay game. It was just like a mini game collection. Didn't have much substance, the soundtrack wasn't that different. Uh, I'd, if you can find it at a budget, I'd recommend picking it up, but otherwise, if you can find the Wii version at a budget, get that, but I wouldn't recommend paying anything about above about £5 for either of them. Uh, here's one I have good good things to say about finally Marin Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games. This is probably my favourite DS game now that I think about it. Uh, it has an amazing adventure mode, which has a great story. The mini games are really fun. It has a great original soundtrack full of the songs that aren't in the Wii version. 
overall it is just a very fun game like especially the adventure mode I would highly recommend you get the game just for that it's clocks in at around six or seven hours it's full story unlockable characters tons of fun mini games a complete blast to play and the soundtracks for the original levels are great we'll be playing some later on highly recommend it the Wii version is also incredible just Ryan Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games one of my favorite games of the seventh gen just overall absolutely love it recommend it with all my heart Fantasy Star Zero oh look another one I've never played um I never hear that much about Fantasy Star Zero perhaps one of our resident Fantasy Star fans could tell me something about it because I simply know nothing about it um, Project Rob, aka Feel the Magic XYXX. Hmm, I wonder what that's a reference to. Or, in fact, all of the names of this game, this game has three names. So you've got Project Rob, Feel the Magic XY slash XX, and Kimi no Tame Naru Shineru. Um, no clue what that means. I should probably uh, translate that, but uh, I don't really want to. Uh, um. I didn't really get too much into these, but from what I remember, they were like a minigame collection. Um, uh, I don't want to search this on Google. Uh, let's search this. Um, from what I remember, it was like a minigame collection. Yeah, it is a minigame video game collection. Um, I didn't play too much of this one. I just saw some footage of it from what I remember, and uh, I was sort of put off by the name, but... It's like that weird sort of quirky Sonic theme game. Yeah, surprisingly Sonic Team made this game anyway. You wouldn't have had them to make such a provocative game, but there we go. But um I guess I'd recommend it. With all these DS games you can obviously buy them. Or not but you can buy them, but you can obviously use an R4 card. Uh, so if you want to try any of the games before or use an emulator or something, I'd say do that before you buy anything. Play Pop Fever, I've given my opinions on this before, so it's been on quite a few episodes. Um it's quite a fun PO game, not one of the best, not one of the worst, it's just sort of average, but um, probably good for a newcomer to the series, it has like, different difficulty levels and stuff. Puyo Puyo 7, the DS version was very fun, that was the one I actually played the most. This list is missing a ton of stuff, because there's like quite a few PO games that are missing from here. Blame Sega Retro, blame Sega Retro. <laughs> yeah, because I remember there should be like Puyo Puyo 15th anniversary on here, because that's the game that I played the most, or the Puyo game that I played most on DS, I absolutely love that game. But um, Puyo Puyo Fever 2, never played it, although it probably like Puyo Pop Fever. Uh, Puyo Puyo with one exclamation mark, and Puyo Puyo with two exclamation marks, I know right, what a revolutionary concept. Uh, never played either of them, maybe they're similar to the first game, I don't know. Sega Casino. For, judging by the names of the uh, tracks, which is like Sound Bank 1, Sound Bank 2, uh, it sounds like shovelware, so let's look this up right now. Sega Casino. Uh, it received average reviews, which doesn't... This game got a release outside of Japan, huh. I thought this would have been like the type of game... I thought this would have been like the type of like shovelware sort of game that comes out in Japan, but they would never localize it, but I was wrong. Um, yeah, it's Casino. I don't know what I was really expecting, honestly, but... Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, after that, we got Sega Superstars Tennis. Never played much of the DS version, although I hear it's a pretty good port. I don't know, I haven't played it. But... Um, the Wii version was very fun, the Xbox 360 version was very fun, all of those versions were very fun. Um, maybe check that one out on the budget, because none of, none of the uh, games that feature Sonic run particularly high prices, because they're Sonic, and they always sell a bajillion copies. 
Um, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. This is one that I actually have good things to say about on the DS. It was... Um, it, I don't think it's as good as the console version, but I do think it's a very good port. Um, especially the music. I really like the music, and we'll get some of it later, but... You, it doesn't use the DS's sound card to the full potential, but it uses it in very unique ways, as I'll be pointing out later, but um, it uses like tons of different sound fronts from other games. And as a result, you get a soundtrack which is filled with like tons of different styles of music, even though they don't sound like to the full potential of the DS. Uh, I'd recommend it, I guess. Uh, if you can get the console version, I'd say get that one, but this game's worth a go just for the soundtrack. Um, Sonic Chronicles. The Dark Brotherhood. Um, I don't have anything particularly nice to say about this game. It's a boring RPG. It has a boring soundtrack. It's boring for a Sonic game. Nothing good to say about it. Overall, a very bland game. It's disappointing because it was made by Bioware. And Bioware are like the gods of RPGs. Um, I say gods of RPGs. Yeah, they pretty much are, let's be honest. Let's be honest. But, um,. The soundtrack was awful, and apparently it was due to copyright issues, although I just doubt it was that, and it was just them being lazy. And the gameplay was poor, the story was even worse, and ultimately I think it led to the, uh... I don't think it led to, but I, helped it, I think it helped contribute to the Ken Penders, uh, whole situation, which is not amazing. But now we get, um... The Amazing Lara Sue Chronicles, yay, coming to a store near you. Uh, Sonic Classic Collection, uh, I actually did play this one. This is like one of the only DS games I still own, like an original copy of. Like, I sold like all of my DS games at one point, and I think Sonic Classic Collection was the only one I kept. And the only other one that I actually bought myself brand new was Sonic Colors, which I didn't buy when I was younger, I bought that at a later date. Um, but Sonic Classic Collection... It's like decent, but the emulation is quite poor. The, I like the menu theme because the menu theme is really good. But like, it sounds like a MIDI soundtrack. Like, it does not sound good at all. Like, in terms of quality, but the, the jingle itself is nice. The, there are better ways to play the classic games on the go, like portable Mega Drives or emulators on your phone, or even like through hacking the PSP or a 3DS, like I did. Uh, don't play Classic Collection. There are other better versions. Uh, Sonic Colors. I really did enjoy the DS version of this game. I'd say it's on. This is from a massive Sonic Colors fan. Um, it's on par with the um, Wii version. It's a completely different game. It plays more like Sonic Rush than a um, Sonic Unleashed. But they're both good in their very own ways, and this one has a great soundtrack, as I will be mentioning. And surprisingly, this is the first time Sonic Colors has come up on our list. It's taken like... Uh, what episode is this? Uh, episode 8 or 9 now? I don't know. It has taken like almost 10 episodes for us to actually get to the game which the series is based on. Uh, wow. Yeah, this will... Oh, this is episode 10. Huh. Yeah, yeah, 10 episodes. Uh, that's quite weird. Yeah, but it's taken us 10 episodes to get to the game which our name comes from. Oh dear, yeah, a very good game I'd recommend, even if it's like quite expensive. Or it's not, but if, even if you find it quite expensive, buy it, worth it. Sonic Rush, very good game. Uh, the level design leaves something to be desired because it's like bottomless pits all over the place. But the level aesthetics and the uh, music 
and the, the story is quite good. Uh, they all make up for it. Sonic Rush is my favourite soundtrack of all time. Like, it's that good. I'd highly recommend you check it out at some point. And same with Rush Adventure. The Rush Adventure gameplay is very good. I just don't... I'm just not too fond of the soundtrack or the way the levels look. Super Monkey Ball Touch and Roll never played it, although it's a mediocre Super Monkey Ball um, sequel from what I've seen, because they can't make a Monkey Ball sequel nowadays to save their lives. And The Rub Rabbits is a sequel to uh, Project Rub, Feel the Magic, XYXX, uh, Kimi no Tame, Naru Shineru. Um, uh, my mouth is giving up. But that is the end of the list. Um, overall, I'd say Sega's DS lineup is, honestly, average. There is some... There are some games that I really love, like Marin Sonic Olympic, Olympic Winter Games and Sonic Colors. But on the other hand, like, there's no... Even though I love those games, there's no game that, like, pops out at you. Like, there's that one iconic game on, like, every console. Like, um... I can't think of an example right now because I'm just useless. But, like, there are, like, a few games on every console that just stand out. Uh, all of the DS's, like, Sega lineup just sort of blends together for me. Which is a shame because there are some great titles in there, but... It just... Uh, I don't know, I'm... If you had to, like, buy all the games that are on the list... If you had to buy all the games that are on the list, uh, I'd say... Go for it, because they're quite cheap, but, um... Yeah, I'd give this an average rating, honestly. Um... Uh, apologies for all the stumbling over my words, I do no longer have any water or anything, so I can't use that as my backup. Uh, let's see what you guys have been saying while I'm playing on that long ramble. Jamie says, the winter games are the best story than London. Oh, and Bowser and Eggman made London foggy. Oh no. Yeah, exactly. Um, the winter games on DS is a lot better than the um, London games in general. Not like the actual London Olympics, but like the London games, like the video games. They weren't the best, and the story in the 3DS version of London Olympics was nowhere near as good. So, don't get that one if you have the opportunity to get the uh, DS one. Um, oh, uh, Mamboking is right. The Japanese part in Project Rob's name means I would die for you. I forgot about that. Um, bam, 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 bam. Uh, Mamboking also says if you learn to use an emulator, be one that requires the microphone for some mini games, Project Rob and the Rob Rubber says. Yeah, they're like, um, there are a few of the games that use the microphone on the DS, like, not many do. I know both the Mario and Sonic games do, but none of us really do. Um, and over the Mario and Sonic games, you can emulate them by, like, there's a button you can set on one of the emulators that just emulates static in the microphone. And Jamie has posted me the uh, promotional art for Sega Casino. Uh, Twinny is um, talking about how Bioware made Mass Effect 3, the video game that had the controversial ending. And uh, finally, Mumboking has said, although the Rub Rabbits is set before Project Rub, so I guess I got that one wrong, I don't know. I know more about Project Rub than I do about Rub Rabbits, which says something. Um, Sarah Rose says, Foggy in London 2012, story is in Silent Hill Foggy. It doesn't get any more foggy than that, indeed. So I think we're going to go on to some music now, because I've been rambling on for long enough. So, from Super Monkey Ball, Touch and Roll, here is Meteorite Mayhem, right here on Topical Resort.
Tropical Resort, only on Radio Sega. Topical Thesis That's the wrong way again. <laughs> I always forget, I apologise. Welcome back to the Mistake Resort, right here on Radio Sega. So what you just heard there was from Sonic Rush, the original, the best, the one and only, that was Scutcha Cha, theme of Zone 4, which I can now not remember the name of. Before that, from Super Monkey Ball Touch and Roll, that was Meteorite Mayhem. Um, while I was just scrolling through my Twitter feed, I completely forgot and I meant to mention it earlier, but um, a cool bit of news is that Hyper Potions, the people who've been doing like, you know, the trailer, the trailer music for... Um, Sonic Mania, they did the um, recent reveal trailer music. Um, they are currently doing a remix of a... Uh, sorry, a future bass remix of Tropical Resort Act 1 from Sonic Colors. So, uh, get hype. Uh, Jamie's pointed out that Scutter Chat is from Night Carnival. Thank you very much. I love that game and I cannot remember the zone names. Because they're quite generic. But now, as we were introduced by, by the lovely voiceover, it is time for the... Topical thesis, and I'm not gonna try it and play the voiceover again because I give up. I'm f- fairly certain you couldn't hear it for the second time, or if you could, it was very quiet. But um, what is the topical thesis? That is a good question and one that I'm not going to answer. But um, the topical thesis is where I make three points for, three points against, and come to a justified conclusion over a point relating to the topic of the episode, whether that be an opinion I've come up with myself or I've heard someone else say. So today's opinion. Should Sega and Nintendo work together more often? So as always, here are my three points for. Sega and Nintendo vape va- No, uh, Sega and Nintendo make very similar styles, styles of games that could tie in well. Um, obviously, you've got Mario and Sonic, and I can't think of any other examples, but, you know, Mario and Sonic, they could obviously tie in very well. I imagine both sides have some more obscure franchises that could tie in quite well, maybe. I'm not suggesting anything. But, I mean, Alex, Kidd, and Kirby would actually not be fit- fitting thinking about it, but it'd be a pretty good, pretty cool crossover, won't lie. But, um, yeah, both the games would fit in well, so if they partnered in the future, cash cow. But, um, Sega also have a good relationship with Nintendo, so they'd be the best platform to release games for. Uh, Sega and... S- Sega, Sony, and Microsoft have all had, you know... Um, moments of not liking each other, shall we say. Not just uh, in the console wars, but, you know, um, Sony and Microsoft have both sort of screwed over um, Sega in the past. And as such, Nintendo is currently the best option for them because, as we already mentioned, they make similar style of games. And also, Nintendo, like, from years of rivalry, they know Sega, so obviously it'd be, like, best for them have Sega rather than some company doesn't understand them and just like treats them as a third party I guess I don't know like um, not respecting their like own creative control I guess um, and final one is Nintendo platforms have the ideal audience that many Sega games aim for for example I know that um, after probably about 2008 oh no 2010 I would say it's probably the cutoff point Sega basically goes, yeah, no one's buying our mature licenses on the Wii, so uh, we're on- the only games we're going to release for the Wii for now on is going to be Super Monkey Ball and Sonic, and that's what they did. They're the only two games they released from the Wii from that point onwards, and everything else went onto the Xbox 360 and PS3. So, you know, obviously they proved that, that 
they prove their ideal pla- their ideal audience is on that platform. So why not go on that platform in order to target that audience rather than on a platform which doesn't have the audience? Just makes sense to me. Uh, points against the games could clash due to just how similar they are and lead to lower sales for one company. Once again, Mario and Sonic—they're both platformers. Um, they don't have any other things in common aside from that, but they're sort of similar games, and therefore they could clash. And one company is going to earn less, and it's most likely going to be Sega. Let's be honest, because people are more likely to buy a Nintendo game these days. Uh, Nintendo have a history of censoring mature games, and Sega has a few mature franchises, which I'm sure they would like to keep. Um, a bad example for this would be Bayonetta, because in Bayonetta, um, Nintendo took over... Uh, I, I give up. <laughs> um, Bayonetta 2 was released on the Wii U, and um, because Sega couldn't fund the full game, because at the time they were going through financial trouble, so Nintendo basically stepped in, and Platinum Games thought it was going to be awful, because they thought they were going to have to censor a ton of stuff. Turns out they didn't want Platinum Games to censor anything in what could possibly consider, be considered one of the most graphic games in recent years. Well, not graphic, but um, once again, we're coming back to that word, provocative and also quite graphic because it's quite violent, let's be fair. But yeah, Nintendo didn't censor that, so that'd be a bad example, but I really can't think of any other examples of that one, actually, because Nintendo have been pretty chillaxed on um, Sega's mature games, not really censoring them all that much, although other companies haven't been so lucky and they get all of their stuff censored and they're not allowed to release it for the Wii. Uh, in recent years, Nintendo, cons- Nintendo consoles had lower sales, even though that appears to be changing currently, and that could have an effect on Sega's output and sales. So, point being the Nintendo Wii U uh, didn't sell very well, so therefore... Sega's games aren't going to sell well, so they're going to be less likely to make games for that platform, even though their target audience is on said platform. They would rather take it to a successful one where they're more likely to earn money. So, in conclusion, I believe that Nintendo and Sega working together would honestly have more positive effects on the gaming industry than negative effects, meaning that I think they should work together more in the future. Not like merge into one, not Nintendo by Sega, not Sega by Nintendo. Just work together on some collaborative projects and maybe get each other say on some stuff. So, I would like to know, what is your opinion on that opinion? Yeah, see what I did there? Um, there are many different places that you can send out your opinion to be read out on the air. You can send it out through our Facebook page, I don't know why I went for that one first, but that's just Radio Sega. You can send it to us through Twitter, at Radio Sega, or at the Green Viper 8, that is my own Twitter. You can send it to us through our Discord at radiose.ga4/discord. If you want to send it anywhere else, I probably won't read it, but you can send it. You can send it to me on our MSN Messenger, you know. You can send it to me over the Radio Sega forums in a PM. I mean, if you want to do that, you can do that. But um, aside from that, I don't really have anything else to say for the segment. But apparently, a lot of people had stuff to say in the chat and I haven't read it because I'm an awful host um it's just basically memes that's all I can say incredible you people surprise me and by surprise me I mean do the same thing every day I despise oh, who said that anyway um let's check the Twitter while I'm at it and I may as well check Facebook although I don't have access to the radio Sega Facebook so that's a bit pointless checking there 
but I'm sure I will be alerted if somebody decides to um, advocate me on there. Um, oh, while I remember, Jamie actually sent me a um, the press release for Sega Casino, and it's, apparently it reads very boringly, so we're going to read some out on the air. And also, it's the perfect background music. But before that, Jamie has something to say. Uh, it's Nintendo of America that have the issues. Nintendo of Japan are fine with that regarding the censorship. That is true, because um, Nintendo of America were obviously famous for, you know, removing any religious symbols or anything that was likely to offend, which could be done in good reason, but, like, you, there's difference between offending and then just including the Christian cross in a game. That's not really offensive, and that doesn't really need to be censored. Like, mentioning religion is different to tarnishing a religion, and that... But that's like in the NES days, they're not as bad as that now, but nowadays they just like like to focus on censoring like gore and stuff, which is fine. But yeah, we're going to read out this amazing, um, or a little bit of this uh, Sega Casino press release. Um, it's quite boring at the start because it does really read like a boring press release. So, um, Sega Europe Limited announced today that it will publish Sega Casino for the Nintendo DS system. Sega Casino deals out plenty of gambling actions for gamers on the go with a casino experience that features five games, read them and weep, five games, and six unlockable games. Players can pace, place their bets on, Sega's, on Sega Casino's roulettes. I really hope I haven't spelt this wrong, but uh, it's probably like some casino term, I just don't know. Uh, players can place their bets on Sega Casino's Roulette, Craps, Barricade, and other unlockable games, including Chuckaluck, Kano, Kino, and free video poker variants, Jacks or Better, Double Bonus, and Juices Wild. They can improve their skills by taking on AI opponents solo, or they can wirelessly with up to four friends by using a single cartridge and downloading Sega Casino temporarily onto other players' DS units. Card game fans will be able to challenge friends in heated rounds of Blackjack, Texas Hold'em, and unlockable seven-card poker. I know, right? It just sounds absolutely thrilling. That's why you'd want to play Sega Casino. Uh, honestly, Sega Casino, the only way it could have got better was Sonic and Sega All-Stars Casino. You know, teaching the kids to gamble at an early age. Before we go, I'm going to see what you guys have said in the chat. Absolutely nothing lovely. So, I'm joking, of course. But up next is the Discord call-in, but before that we got a little bit of music, but it really, that press release really doesn't, oh, there's, there's only like one page, so I guess I'll read the rest of it then. Adding variety, players can double down on Sega Casino's free gameplay styles, free mode, in which the players can unlock games, so basically the normal mode, wireless mode, which allows players to compete against four other friends in multiplayer action via the Nintendo DS wireless communication. So, free mode with friends, right? And casino mode, in which players attempt to turn £1,000 into millions by winning tournaments. Card sharks and big spenders can even unlock higher limit casino rooms. I don't know how you can t contain your excitement when you're reading out the press release for Sega Casino. It's just so gripping, but three different modes which all do the same thing. That's incredible. Jamie says, now I really want to play this thing. I don't blame you. But uh, now, finally, getting back on track. We're going to play some more music. So, I teased this a little bit earlier on, but from Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games. 
the Nintendo DS version, here is Cubirinth Dream Island, right here on Topical Resort.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Discord Call-In And welcome back to Topical Resort. What you just heard there was from Sonic Colors DS. And that was the special stage theme. One of my favourite... In fact, the favourite... My... The favourite? My favourite special stage theme throughout the whole Sonic series. Very lovely theme. Before that, from Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games DS, that was QB Room. Uh, that's, I believe, the fourth stage from that game. And now it's time for the Discord call-in, where basically all you have to do join the chill out, you need to have a microphone, and you have a chance of being on the show. But before I do that, uh, we actually had a response on Twitter to our um, opinion. So, um, for the topical thesis this for the topical thesis this time, should Sega and Nintendo work together more often was the question, and um, we got a lovely response on Twitter, which was just uh, simply, no. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but anyway... Um, why don't we get our first guest on as they are already in the chill-out and... Also, Discord has received a nice new layout update, which is very nice, but I'm not sure if I can drag people. I can drag people, hooray. I don't even need to ask this time, welcome to the show, Tony. Hey. What would you like to talk about today, or anything related to the topic, or anything else, I guess? Well, uh, my... History with Sega on, on Nintendo DS isn't that good <laughs> because it's been mostly Sonic games. Yes, I, I'm a I'm a nerd for admitting that. But for the Sonic games I, I have played on DS, uh, I can say my best experience was Sonic Rush. And I'm not saying that because of the music. No, I'm saying that because it it was like like the second best Sonic handheld well, the, well yeah the second best handheld Sonic game I had um, next to Sonic Advance 3 and my least favorite Sonic title on DS has to be Sonic Chronicles Dark for the Third. what a shock <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a shock um I mean the the story it's okay the graphics are kind of meh, and don't get me started on the music because that's been like explained to death already. But uh, early two thousands fan fiction, like just going on like some like GeoCities or something like that. You got the MIDI music, you got the bad story, it's all there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the reminder, it was made by Bioware, so there you go. Um, that's all you need to know. Yeah, that's all you need to know. But yeah, if if I had to say what my favorite uh, Sega game on the NDS was, then it has to be Sonic Rush. It just has to be. Uh, I did like Sonic Rush Adventure though, but it just didn't have like the same like feel that Rush had. I mean. Rush Adventure was more slow-paced, if you could say that, 
with this gameplay. Yeah, it's a lot more focused on the adventure, as the name would su suggest, rather than the gameplay. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, the sh with the ship um, traveling from island to island, but the yeah, us just had that 2.5 D sense of the Sonic Advance games, which I adore. Again, eventually being my favorite, um, but. Yeah, that's that's why I gave Rush the edge over Rush Adventure just because of that reason. Yeah, I I think both are very good games, but I just think Rush has like the sense of speed a lot more as well as obviously the advantage of a great soundtrack. But the sl the fun the fast paced parts like the action stages in Rush Adventure are very fun, but the slow parts like grinding for all the parts you need for the boat oh, or yeah, actually playing the boat yeah. sections. Yeah, the the material collecting that yeah, was so. that's a major t turn off for me. Uh, it uh, it's, it's just it just gets so like tedious to upgrade your ships in Russia Adventure. It's like you you thought you had the materials there, but just one look and nope, you're just missing just one or two pieces of material and so you have to go back to an island that has the required material and it's just uh, it's serious annoying and that's that's a major downside to Rush Adventure I have to admit oh boy Plant Kingdom for the um let's check the watch it's 15th time now <laughs> exactly Pretty much anyway, have you got anything else you'd say or any other Sega games you'd like to mention before I drag you back to the chill out doom? Uh oh I we did have the uh Sonic Classics collection. Um and nothing really much to say about that other than uh the neat little extra feature where you can check out um like concept art whatever. I think that's like the only good thing going for it other than Another re-release of of the uh, Genesis Era Sound games, but yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty forgettable in my opinion. I'd have to agree, and that's one of the only DS games I said that I still own from like my original childhood version. The rest I all sold. I don't know why I kept that one instead, of, like Rush. <laughs> you, you, you're so dumb. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, twenty. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Any final last words? Uh, not at all, not at all. Thanks for having me on again. That's okay. Glad to have you. See you later. Bye-bye. And that was 20, and I'm going to quickly check with our next person if they are ready, because I have a tendency to drag people in way too early before they're ready. So, um... do that and in the meantime I will check the Twitter to see if we've had any more glorious replies to the question um, I don't think any of them can just top the straight up no which we got earlier so okay our guest seems to be ready my Twitter seems to be failing as always what else is new anyway I'm gonna drag the next guest on and pretty excited for this one not gonna lie and welcome to the show how are you doing today Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. Pretty good, yourself. So what would you like to talk about today here on the Discord Cooling? Uh, I was wondering what you thought of the uh, Wii games, uh, of the Sonic, the, uh, the Sonic games. Uh, just all of the Wii games, or just anyone in particular, perhaps? Uh, 
I guess the book series mostly. I have a very different opinion on the book, the storybook series because I actually really enjoy them. I don't think they're like amazing games, but guilty pleasures. I consider them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my, uh, they are guilty pleasures for me as well. I, uh, I, I really enjoy their graphics. It's just getting used to that remote control is real pain for me. That's it. It's weird, I find that um, Black Knight gets a lot more flack for motion controls for some reason than Secret Rings, but like you can control Sonic with a joystick in that game, so why do the motion controls get so much flack? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, uh, what, do you, what do you think about him getting items like the ring and the sword? Um, the sword gameplay I actually really liked. Um, in some places it got a bit repetitive, like when they just like chained enemies at you all level long, but then... Other places it was pretty fun, like the first few stages where the enemies are spread out and you get a chance to move around and just test your abilities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like, I probably the best part was the, uh, for me, was the uh, the boss battles. I enjoyed those. Oh, definitely. I love the boss battles in both games, really, actually. Yeah, the, uh, I, I, I just really enjoyed the, uh, the dragon battle. That was fun. Is that the one in Misty Lake? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> Sorry, my memory's a bit foggy on that game. I need to replay it again. Yeah, same here. It has been a while, actually. But you, uh, uh, but you prefer the colors, though, right? Yeah, I'm obviously a big fan of colors, judging by the name of the show, but... <laughs> one's a guilty pleasure game, one's a game that I actually like and think is good, so it's like two different sort of levels for a game, I guess. Yeah, I consider yeah. them both like favorite Wii games, but like one is better in terms of quality. One is just I enjoy it because it's a fun game. It's two different reasons, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I agree about that. So, have you got any opinions on colors or the other games? Uh, when it comes to colors, uh, I really enjoy, enjoy the presentation. The the uh, I'm just surprised they could even pull that out, out of the Wii myself. It looks amazing for a Wii game, like, I know it's 2010 and towards the end of its life, but still, it's just like, mm -hmm. wow, you pulled this much power out of the Wii? That's surprising. Yeah, and the, uh, story-wise, I couldn't really say much. I mean, it's it's partially good and partially bad at the same time. Like, the writing is somewhat okay, but then the story itself I've considered pretty mediocre. Yeah. Just nothing really to be desired. Yeah, what did you think about the, uh, the, the Wisps and all coming back? It depends. Like, they could use them cleverly, but if it lost odds anything to go by, I just don't think they'll use them cleverly, even though I like that game. Yeah. I, I just hope that there's a reason why they're there in, in terms of story. I think they were useful in colours, but like the teams who were working on newer games just sort of don't really get what made them fun in colours. And obviously, if you keep using like the same two wisps over and over again, it's just loses all sort of meaning. Yeah, they they felt kind of pointless in uh, Lost World. Most of the time, you didn't even need them. Like, at least there were sections in um, Sonic Colours where you just sort of needed them to actually progress in Lost World. It was just sort of like well, you can use this, or you can just use the parkour. Which one would you rather use? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I've got a question for you. Have you got any like upcoming projects that you like to tease on air, or perhaps just in Discord, or anything else? 
Well, I'm uh, currently working on uh, three major projects. Uh, the first one is Sega Shorts. Uh, that one, uh, it's been taking a while for us to make. <laughs> but uh, it's slowly getting done. Um, well, I'm hoping to have it out before the year's in. That'd definitely be cool to see, just like a uh, happy end of year thing. Not necessarily like New Year or anything, just... Oh, it's the end of the year. Nice little surprise, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second project is, uh, you know, the Seaside Denied and Casino Calamity? Uh, music, music videos? Yeah, we're, do, we're doing a third one. Uh, uh, oh, wait, I, I said... You messed up the uh, order. <laughs> yeah, I messed up the order. Yeah, the, the, the new one is Casino Calamity. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Metro... I was had to say Metro, Metropolis Mayhem, yeah. <laughs> the, the Forgotten Brother. Yeah, yeah, but that that one, um, I'm actually done animating my part for it, which is uh, Team Re Team Rose. Everyone else uh, is slacking. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for the <laughs> others to catch up right now. <laughs> Perfect. Definitely yeah. looking forward to that one. Yeah, and the uh, third project is uh, something to do on my, while I'm waiting for the others to finish is uh, Sonic One Animated, which is literally just. Uh, animated version of Sonic One. <laughs> Sounds like an interesting concept. I mean, is that is that the post? The oh, sorry, the uh, thing that you teased in the post earlier. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. With that Jeff was. Oh, lovely. I mean, gonna have to see more out of that. Just I hope to see more. Obviously, finish it, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I could post a link in the Discord for uh, the others to see a preview of what I have so far. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to all of your projects. You always do create very entertaining content, I say. And obviously very fluid animation. That's what you can be praised for. <laughs> yeah. So I guess have you got any other like final games or just a final message you'd like to um, mention before I drag you back to the chill out of doom? Uh, I guess when all else fails, just blame Donnie. <laughs> that, yeah, I guess. I mean, why not? I haven't used the catchphrase "blame Don Donny" on um, this show yet. It'll become oh, a catchphrase one day. No, I haven't found the need to. I blame myself rather than Donny nowadays. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Yeah, it was nice talking to you. I'll see you around. See you around some point later, I guess. Yeah. See later. you later. And that was the wax of Sonic Paradox and general animation fame. Very lovely to have him on the show, even though he's mentioned in the chat he wasn't a good speaker and necessarily didn't want to come on. But very fun just to talk to you. Also, Jamie is slacking a bit. He, it's been two weeks and he hasn't been on the Discord call-in. Jamie, man, get off the game. But um, we're going to have to move on, sadly, because uh, we're, we are slightly pressed for time. We've got 20 minutes before Seg Mixer Drive with Rexy. So, um, from what I believe, it is the final sh regular show of the month. Yes, final regular show of the month. So, definitely tune into that once you are done with this show. Or, or don't. You know, just go against whatever I say. Be the rebellious one. But we're going to start off with the Toppy Mix segment. And what the Toppy Mix is, is a track from a Sega game not relating to the topic of the episode, a remix relating to the topic of the episode, 
and a non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode, except um, I screwed up and I couldn't find... I didn't get the original version of this track in time, so it's actually using the version from Marion Sonic at the Winter Olympics, so um, semi-related to the topic, although it's just because I couldn't find the original version in time. But um, we're going to start off with a track that released this week, and uh, the Sonic Show already beat me to the punch on this one. Um, I seem to be the only person who actually likes this track, because everyone else I know has been... Everyone else I know has just been, like, all over this track, they don't like it, they just uh, hate everything about it, but I really do enjoy it. I think Sonic Forces' soundtrack is going to be decent. Not amazing, decent, but if this track's anything to go by, the custom character stages will certainly have a kick-ass soundtrack, not the PT variety. So anyway, to start off the Toppy Mech segment with our Sega track of the week, here is Sonic Forces Park Avenue custom character, right here on Topical Resort. Let's get scratching.
Um, that ended a lot quicker than I was expecting, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting something. Also, um, different background music for the final talk bed, I'm going to switch back and forth between this one and the um, White World remix that I have, just because I like this track, I like the other track, they're both good tracks, I'm going to switch between them. But this is the Sonic Rivals menu theme, in case you hadn't already figured that one out, and um, Jamie wanted to get his opinions in on the DS, which is why he joined the chill-up, but sadly we didn't have time to get to him. And I asked him to uh, post his opinions about the DS in the chat, and as it appears, he doesn't seem to have done it. So I cannot read out those opinions on the air, sadly Jamie, Mr. Wonderman. But basically, we got all we got round to in the Discord was just bullying Jamie over uh, Triple Trouble, what else is new, because we do that every episode. 
But aside from that, it's been a pretty fun episode. All we got left to say is... Oh, he's sending a DM, okay. I will hold on a bit longer, but um, as I mentioned before, this wasn't originally meant to be the episode, but I'm sort of glad this episode turned out the way it did, because nice continuation of the last one, and also, um, honestly, I don't know how well the other concept that I was supposed to do this week would work. I'm going to try and re- rework it, but I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll try and be back next week, I say, next week, because at this point I don't promise anything, but it's more than likely that I will be back next week, I'm just simply warning you, I know, right, spooky, but, um, this is just the stalling for time segment, where I wait wait for Jamie to send me a DM, so, while we do that, um, how about that local sports team, I guess, yeah, um, I... Um, expect there's going to be the obvious question of um, so when are you going to cover the next uh, when are you going to cover the PS Vita and the um, 3DS and that's a good question I simply don't know um, it would have been nice to just do these all in one month but um, I don't have anything planned for next week's episode yet but the episode after that is 23rd of June you know, pretty important day Parents' wedding anniversary. I mean, what? I uh, know it's um, of course, Sonic's 26th anniversary. So that means we got something coming up on that episode of the show, and then after that is the final episode of the month. So that is the off-topic episode. But come on, Jamie, speed your typing up. Um, the wax is plans for E3. That's what I was gonna do next week. I forgot to write that down. I'm gonna write that on my physical list, which I have beside me. Yeah, um, I was actually planning to do a recap of E3 next week. Um. And I forgot to write it down, so E three recap. There we go, and I'm gonna put DS on here just to say that I've done it. DS games. I can now safely cross that off the list and next week's episode will be the E three recap. I will circle that just for the sake of remembering it. There we go. And Jamie has finally posted his DM, so let's quickly blaze through this. Um, anyway, this is what I wanted to talk about. Sonic Classic Collection, not only not only it had bad emulation, but it had some glitches, such as music playing in the wrong game, like S, like Sonic and Knuckles' mini-bosses was in Sonic 3's, and the lack of features such as multiplayer. It could have been handled better. Also, Sonic 3 and Knuckles was called Knuckles in Sonic 3. Also, the cheats were available, but you couldn't access them due to how the games were emulated. Pausing was done on the touchscreen, and it paused the emulation. Sonic 1 only had cheats accessible, and it was the level select. The music was also poor due to emulation. Um, from what I remember, um, Sonic Classic Collection used, like, used altered ROMs, because I remembered Sonic 2's one. Um, instead of having, like, one-player, two-player options, as the original version did, it had Sonic, Sonic and Tails, Knuckles. No, it didn't have Knuckles, it had Sonic, Sonic and Tails, Tails. It just had like the three of them in a list and you can access the options menu and stuff, so they def- they definitely did use altered ROMs. And as Jamie said, uh, they called it Knuckles in Sonic 3, so that would suggest to me that that one was also altered. And, um... Oh, he got it the wrong way around. Uh, Sonic 3's mini-boss music was in Sonic and Knuckles, to correct me. Uh, to correct me? Y- you were the one who said it. But, um... Before we go, I, I'm, I'm going to have to be reasonably quick because the next track is quite long, but people are typing and I don't want to disappoint them. But then again, this show's a disappointment. What else is new? So, stall for time. Um, the Wax says, yeah, they were not perfect, but better than Sonic Jam on the Gamecom. I mean, obviously, 
you can't really disagree with that because the Sonic Jam on the GameCom isn't really a force to be reckoned with half forces. Um, but aside from that, Sarah Rose has one more question before I go. Sorry to go way, way off topic. I see what you did there. What's your opinion on the Pokemon Direct from three days ago? And also, do you think we, England, will beat Scotland this weekend? Um, if you're referencing sport, um, I have no clue about sport, so um, I'm going to say yes, because um, neither of us are very good, but I reckon England are probably better than Scotland. And um, my opinion on the Pokemon Direct, um, I don't really know too much about it. Gold and silver on the 3DS Virtual Console seems cool. Uh, Pokemon Tournament, I think I have it on my Wii U, I just haven't played it. I say I think because I obviously legitimately purchased it, but... Um, and the other thing was, obviously, um, a new version of Sun and Moon, I think. Was it a sequel? Either way, it was a new version. Um, overall, I'm not as angry as other people are. Some of the things seem pretty cool. Don't really have an opinion on the uh, new Sun and Moon. Aside from that, I've been your host, Green Vibrate. This has been the Topical Resort. I will see you again next week with, hopefully, E3. But, for now, I'm going to leave you with um, a track from Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing DS. And I mentioned earlier that um, this game had like various different sound fonts that it used for its soundtrack. Now, I want you to listen to this track and just tell me. It just straight up sounds like it's from Mega Man X. It is awesome. I'm going to leave you with this track. So, this is Can You Feel the Sunshine from Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing DS. And you've been listening to the Topical Resort on Radio Sega.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.